Hello and welcome to Best and Worst of British, the podcast that has a very cynical eye over British cinema. I'll be your host for this episode. You can consider me the King Cobra, Tom Hodkinson. To my right, I have the Vicious Viper. This is Lorcan Mullen. Yes! And to my left, I have the One-Eyed Trouser Snake. You're right. <laughs> I am Michael Bell. And uh, today we're, we're reviewing a film, aren't we, boys? Yes, uh, sort of horror, heists. It was a horror, so thriller, what? Thriller, animal. It, it, it sort of transcends genre almost, isn't it? And uh, fails in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's something. Um, Can we try and do this one? No, we should have that. How about this? No, we should have that. <laughs> so the film we're looking at today uh, was made in the 80s, stars Oliver Reed, Klaus Kinski, and just a bunch of other people. And it is known as Venom. Venom. The kidnap that became a murder, that became a siege, that became a death trap. Venom. The fear explodes, trapping both hostages and kidnappers in its grip. The panic spreads, sending an entire police force into action. But this is a terror unlike anything anyone has ever faced. And when it uncoils to strike, your blood will run cold. Venom. Well, could you tell me just how dangerous, very dangerous is? The most dangerous snake in the whole world. That dangerous. The snake is loose! You'll have to turn over now. I- I'm not going to hurt you. Oh, geez, Samson, come on! Whatever you feel, you will fear. Venom. Oh, of course, about Spider-Man. No, 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 not no. the the upcoming Venom, which stars prolific dog botherer Tom Hardy. No, oh, yeah, um, it's, it's very good timing for us, really. <laughs> yeah. when, when this goes out, and but I think just ultimately, this cast is the two names that you reeled off: Oliver Reed. And Klaus Kinski. Yeah. The idea that they were both in one movie. That's, that's a hell of a selling point back in that time. When you agree, Michael, with your fellow love of the history of film and actors and our, directors. Our, our chief cinephile of the yes. podcast, Mr. Michael Bell. <laughs> yes. There we go. Excellent yeah, contribution. I mean, you said about when you first became aware that you're, you know, this film. I first became aware when Lorcan said, "Michael, you're watching this film." So, you're uh, making me sound more authoritative than I am. You bastard! You're fired. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> You've made Daddy angry did, again. I did. I did suggest that maybe we could just keep torture. We could have like because you and I are the film uh, fans. Uh, the oh my god! The idea of just everyone—it's a new get, a new host—and we see how many episodes they can last. I've just I, realized, I'm fairly seeing as we're coming to the end of the first series. I'm fairly sure this whole thing has been a practical joke to get me to watch loads of crap. It's <laughs> a bit of brief description of roughly the, the history of Venom. But snakes. Venom, Venom originally was started as a Toby Hooper. Oh my project. god, Toby Hooper! Toby I, Hooper, a genuinely great director. I've just been started watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. Yeah, yeah. So he basically, like you say, he was the original of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He was a huge name, sort of horror cinema at the time. Sort he, of directed Poltergeist, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> sort of directed this, but not really. Because what happened was he uh, he started production. Uh, things went horribly awry. According to Piers Haggard, he did say that something had happened to him during production. He had to immediately leave. Piers Haggard was then given just 10 days prep and came into a set that include 
Klaus Klinski mm-hmm. and Oliver Reed. And as anyone that will tell you, anyone that knows cinema will tell you, um, they did not get on very well. Well, I was just Why? wondering. Basically, here's the thing. Here's How do we describe yeah. Ollie Reed and Klaus Oliver, Kinski? Oliver Reed uh, was a notorious um, drunk. drunk hellraiser and he liked to push people's buttons, but in a sort of almost borderline charming way. He did it with. Uh, he did it with like he was, a, whilst he was young and handsome, in a way, he was. He was very kind of in his youth. He was very Tom Hardy esque, really. Yeah. Kind of that rugged danger to him. Yeah. Um, as but but handsome as well. Like but, he like the film that really brought him to a lot of attention was Sykes in the Oliver Twist yes. musical, yeah. and he had that real sort of menace and, and the kind of a you you don't know which way he's gonna go. He can play a he- an anti-hero, but he can very easily be a villain as well. Okay, you know, right. he will. But Benicio del Toro kind of has that vibe as well in some yeah, of his films. Yeah, sort of. You but, know? but what was basically said was, um, and this is again Pierce Haggard's DVD commentary about the film. Um, Oliver Reed would be constantly testing Haggard as a director. He'd be trying to literally goad him into doing awful things. I mean, he sounds a knob. Yeah, he, well. He was yeah. best mates with Alex Higgins. Okay. If that doesn't yeah. give you an idea of what he's like. But apparently Haggard had like a sort of a charm to it because he saw the sense of humour that Oliver was trying to uh, portray. So he sort of he sort of understood it. Where he said Klaus was a very cold, shut-off individual. Klaus Kinsey having a humour would be absolutely... Yeah. Basically Werner Herzog's muse for about, what, yeah. 10, 20 years? Yeah, yeah, they did some of the great... A lot of people argue some of the greatest films of all time okay. were... Those two work together: Aguirre, The Wrath of God, uh, Nosferatu, uh, Fitzcarraldo, all these films, and and like Klaus Kinski, everyone hates him. Like people threaten to kill him on the set. Oh wow! Of, of yeah, he, he regularly often draws the ire of a lot of actors wow. because he's quite a shut off person. He's he's very stone faced. He's very cold to a lot of people. And so the temper tap. Like there's a documentary. I think there are two documentaries. There's one documentary about the making of Fitzcarraldo. I think it might be called The Burden of Dreams. I might be wrong there. And then when he died, Werner Herzog made a documentary called My Best Fiend um, <laughs> about their relationship. And there's footage of Klaus Kinsley basically saying, I will, I will kill you. I will shoot you. And yeah. Werner Herzog saying the same thing back to him. Okay. You know? So in my head now, the rest of the film, they're the original odd couple. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair. Well, they... I just was wondering, what was the, produ- what was the <laughs> casting director's thought? Was it like, they'll cancel each other out? Apparently so, <laughs> yeah. Apparently they, they just thought they, they'd kind of see and respect each other professionally. But what they actually did was fucking despise one another. But here's the amazing thing. Kinski only took this film on because he was offered another script they could have done at the time. I thought it was baronic bullshit. That script, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh my god, was he going to be like the guy with the trench coat and the he, um, I think glasses he could have been. and the hanger? Yeah, he, I, I, I don't know the, the actual... Or Nazi architect, ar- um, archaeologist, sorry. I think, he, I think that may have been the role he was yeah. talking about. But he just basically, he read the script, thought it was baronic bullshit, picked up Venom and went, this looks like a safe bet. <laughs> so he makes terrible decisions. We oh, well, yeah, kind of. You always um, love those stories about what uh, actors end up. Sometimes through choice, sometimes through not. Like, famously, if Mission Impossible 2 hadn't overrun in its shooting, then Wolverine would have been played by Dougray Scotts, and we would have never got Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. It's amazing how these little things happen. Like, um, Will Smith could have been in Django Unchained. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Matrix had it not been for the Wild Wild West. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tom Selleck famously would have been Indiana Jones if yeah. um, they and like all the different James Bonds, like Pierce Brosnan could have been James Bond uh, before when Timothy Dalton became James Bond. Timothy Dalton was off of James Bond when it ended up being George Lazenby playing James Bond. Yeah. Um, all these sort of near misses of Hollywood. Daniel really Craig beat the final person that he beat to the role of Bond in Casino Royale was Henry Cavill and you would assume if Henry Cavill had taken Bond then he would have never Never played Superman Superman, and then we would have had a different Superman and maybe if Michael hadn't been just next to you at that gig when we were looking for a third host (laughs) (laughs) I mean proximity is to blame here (laughs) they were going to get a real one (laughs) I like like this dynamic very very much like what you said with the director there there was going to be a real person there and you had to get someone in last doors that's me (laughs) anyway more Venom facts in Uh, in many ways you do feel haggard after all these films (laughs) (laughs) again I'm convinced it's a practical joke (laughs) Right, a couple more uh, Venom facts before we get into the whole story of it. The release dates got interesting for me because I had a quick look at the release dates. It raised about $5 million in terms of overall box office. It was released in London in mid-January 1982, the US in late January 1982. But interesting, its its initial release was in Japan 1981 in November. Hmm. It was released in Japan two months before the film where it was set and filmed. You say interesting. (laughs) <laughs> it, was, it was obviously going for those big awards in that, you know the November push in the Japanese Oscars yeah <laughs> the Japanese big... Oscars <laughs> anyway um, final thing um, alternative names because what happens is uh, these films will get distributed oh, all over yes. the world they'll get translated to different languages and I've translated them back into English so in Argentina this film is known as Poison yep makes sense in Bulgaria it's the Black Mumbai Mumbai <laughs> Uh, Germany, the Black Mamba. In Denmark, Dangerous Change, which sounds like a film about evil coins. Yeah. <laughs> which would have been a more interesting premise. There you go, that's uh, um, 62p back there. Ah! <laughs> it's. God, my flesh! The coins are acid! Ah! <laughs> Damn you, Queen Elizabeth! I've, I've got an alternative name for it. Snakes are bastards, aren't they? Well, I've got Home Alone with Snakes on a. Playing okay. basically, <laughs> that's that what you were. It's before those days, you know. Yeah, before, yeah. But if you were to, if it was made now, they would have just gone snakes on a plane, meets home alone. You're hired. <laughs> anyway, a few more names that I think were quite good. Uh, in Portuguese, this is Danger in the Shadows. Yeah. Snakes are bastards are better. Yeah. In Croatia, it's Black Tooth Poison. Okay, that's not too bad. That's not bad. But my favourite one is Greece because it's got two different meanings depending on whether you take like the actual Greek. Uh, alphabet or like an English alphabet translation so in the Greek alphabet translation it's the snake hit mm-hmm. but in the English one it's a hippie it's that yeah yeah uh, it's... No, I'm not getting that I'm no, sure I'm no, I'm I guess it's just some sort of it's like cultural crossovers like maybe hippies it's... are associated with snakes over there or something like or that maybe it's... like either French are associated with frogs maybe hippies are associated with snakes there or... language barriers eh? yeah so yeah. anyway those crazy Greeks uh, what are they like Smash, <laughs> smashing their plates and having yeah, no money fucking... yeah. <laughs> plate smashes well that's why they have no money <laughs> do you know yeah, yeah. we're still on porcelain it's like that great bit in South Park where they point out that Terrence and Philip makes up for like 83% of Canada's co- economy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn the Greeks. No, I love the Greeks. The Greeks are great. When they don't well, elect... We, got, we, we got, need any and all listeners the Greeks are fine. When they don't elect Golden Dawn people to their... <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Even Sweden's getting involved in all this now. Sweden! 
Gah! Yeah, because nothing happens over there. They need something. Sweden's great. Oh, Sweden's yeah. fantastic. It, genuinely, to, to go with the stereotypes, I've never seen more beautiful women around mm. the place. Yes, because they dealt in eugenics, but you know. Burn <laughs> <laughs> that's how ABBA formed. Right, we're doing a film about a snake or something. So yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the film Venom. The film opens up, uh, straight opens as well. No, like, oh, there's no pissing no, around. No straight, straight, in. straight in there. Straight in. Uh, it opens up a public school, seemingly in the US, until you see that it's an American school in the UK, because... Yeah, they have. That's, that's the American thing. Academy of London. Later on, they'll go to the London School of Toxicology. Oh, I'll call uh, it the London School of Snake Buggery. Or something. Yeah. Anyway, the the School of Location Identity. Yeah. You know? We meet one pale loser called Philip, who's reading his book about snakes because you know foreshadowing. As his mother comes to collect him with their driver, played by Oliver Reed. Yeah. In full Parker uniform, but with a Ron Swanson moustache. Yes, it's good moustache. And uh, moustache. the music I wrote down, it looks like a drama set in the corridors of power. You know, it, it does have like, a sort you know, of orchestral, yeah. Um, also, what I love, though, is uh, in the opening credits, because it says a starring Klaus Kinski, Nicole Williamson, blah, 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 all these other people, Sterling Hayden. And then at the end, because you always get the and, but all I love yeah. is, and Oliver Reed as Dave. <laughs> During the credits, we find out this is based on a novel. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that was sh- I guess it was just like, so was Jaws, you know. It's that, well, it is obviously that sort of Jaws cash-in. We've had sharks, we've had piranhas. We've had trees. Snakes are fuckers. Let's go Snakes for are it. Fuckers. Snakes are bastards. Snakes, Snakes are bastards. Are bastards. <laughs> Snakes are bastards, aren't they? <laughs> so the Americans return home to meet Louise, the housemaid, after having their heating done. If this isn't part of the plot, I'll be fucking livid. <laughs> Has she been talking to her father yet? That's my next uh, No, no, almost. Okay. So little Pip is more interested in animals rather than his mother. Good lad, grow cold and distant. That's the upper class British way. <laughs> and as he goes running upstairs to his bedroom, it appears that Ollie and Louise are in cahoots over something. Mm. Mm. Trouble are brewing at the American household. Uh, I've got a way of describing what I think the, uh, what, what's that character's name? The maid's character? Uh, Louise the maid. To give you an idea of what she looks like, the best way I can describe it is she looks a bit like Brie Larson starring in a Wendy Richard biopic. Yes! That's an amazing description. I would have... Yes. Yes. <laughs> I will take I, it. Can, can I don't think I can top that. Can I say yes one more time, Tom? Yes. There we go. There we go. Uh, Did uh, either of those names mean anything to you? I know Wendy Richards. Yay! <laughs> She's the one from EastEnders. <laughs> Philip goes up to his bedroom, which we find out is now covered in cages with animals in them. Two points. A, I'm pretty sure he's doing experiments on them. Mm-hmm. And B, it must smell like so much shit. Yeah, well, they've got a maid, so they can tidy it up. Yeah, but you can't get yeah, rid of the. You didn't snow. have a maid. You can clean up without a maid. <laughs> but if you've got, are a you maid... waiting for finally being able to afford a maid? Yes. Like you have no idea what you're about to get into. <laughs> Thirty-one years. Of... Michael, this is a duster. <laughs> Just to give the the listeners a bit of an idea of what was happening before we recorded, uh, my two co-hosts arrived at my flat where we record a mm-hmm. bit earlier than expected, and I was still doing the ironing. And I pointed out that um, I'm, a, I'm I like to think of myself as a relatively resourceful man. I'm not I'm not like a Ron Swanson able to build everything, but I can wash myself. I can. I can eat my... You know, I can do the basic things that humans I can, are supposed to do. I can do toilets. But unfortunately, in this day and age, a lot of people don't seem to be able to do. Um, I'm, I'm looking away. <laughs> but uh, I was saying, because my mate is like... 
uh, this was we were in our late twenties, maybe early thirties. He still had his washing done by his parents. His mom would pick That's up his washing. Ridiculous. Yes. And I was ironing my clothes in front of him, and mm. I just playfully did that thing where you push the button of an iron and like steam comes oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he freaked out like a <laughs> dog hearing his own fart for the first time. What? He's like, what the. What was that? What is this witchcraft? <laughs> <laughs> He's a witch! <laughs> it's our god now. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> Tell so, us yeah. more, oh steamy one. <laughs> so yeah, he gives me tidings every Sabbath. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I made him respect the moon. <laughs> anyway, at this point now, the mum goes downstairs to find her father. Played by Sterling Hayden in a, uh, no way am I getting dressed or cleaned or shaved for this film. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Pay me and I'll piss off. Um, yeah, apparently the, the father lives in the basement where he belongs yep. uh, in amongst his hunting and camera paraphernalia yeah because he's like a long time explorer so. yeah like he, he used to go on safari a lot in his youth anyway, that, that, probably helps that, probably help billionaire sons kill animals and dentists and feel good about themselves yeah anyway this will actually become part of the plot later we're not just saying it for, it, for under the, th- the thing that upsets me in those scenes is how often she the, refers to him as daddy yeah. And I think it's maybe just because in, in recent months and years, the term daddy has taken a, a connotation I don't approve of. I don't like this kind of, <laughs> you know, all these like Thanos, the ultimate daddy. And I'm like, oh, why must we ruin every familial greeting of any kind? Yes, father. I genuinely would not let anyone in any situation in the future be able to call me daddy, except for a daughter, maybe. No, I'd, I'd prefer I'd prefer Peter personally. Okay, <laughs> you who did give birth to me. Did give. That's in the past participle tense. Yes. Okay, Daddy. Uh, that is for the rest me. of the episode, it does, it does, it is creepy. for the rest it is, of the episode, you're now Daddy. It is, oh. I don't, no, I don't like that either. I guess I am the leader. Papa Lorcan. Papa Lorcan's okay. Papa Lorcan. Papa Lorcan. I'll take that. That, that feels more like it's, grandfather it's, it's, though. It's close to Papa Lazaru. Papa Lorcan don't preach. I can't answer. <laughs> anyway, the old man appears to have had some medical procedure done, no doubt in the NHS. Bloody healthcare tourist. Budget needs budget. <laughs> How proud are you of yourself when you wrote that? Extremely. <laughs> Not only is the old man uh, withering and dying, but so is the boy. Aww. He has a uh, life-threatening um, asthma. Asthma. Yeah. Is that real? Is the portrayal of asthma in this film realistic? I don't know because I wasn't alive during the eighties, gentlemen. Mm. Any, any. I was live in the eighties, but didn't me automatically mean I got asthma? I just wonder if that kid's <laughs> no, performance. I've never, I've never had. You have weak lungs. I have neither had <laughs> asthma nor been around someone uh, uh, suffering from an asthma attack. Everybody, I've been around asthmatics. I, yeah, but I've never had everybody has it. <gasps> but not, I don't <laughs> think. I, but I don't think. That basically, she, the mother, and the grandfather both had asthma. Daddy, daddy, <laughs> granddaddy. Yeah, I, call, I keep calling Brilliant the old man. man, but now he's the daddy. <laughs> yes, good man. Yes, software slump. Did, Fantastic. Um, Brooker's thing, dude. Basically, they treat the asthma like a heart condition, which it's life-threatening asthma. Yeah, yeah. life-threatening asthma. You know, uh, the big NHS condition. Uh, it appears that Louise and Ollie are now plotting something wicked, and Ollie is bare shitting himself over the consequences. Yeah, but Ollie's character gets is really inconsistent throughout the whole film. Yeah, one minute he's he's evil and wants money, and then the next he's not quite sure. You can't the trust these Daves. I think it depends on the level of drunk he was. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Do you think he was given the script? He was like, oh, I'll just wing it. 
Yeah, yeah that's why he did with every the script. His character changes a lot in the film. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's all he's ever done. That's it's, why, that's why is, Kinski hates him because he was an unprofessional fuck. Everyone else is reasonably consistent, but he did go for that. <laughs> yeah. An unprofessional fuck, you say? Speaking <laughs> is of there any f- other kind? <laughs> Speaking of an unprofessional fuck, seven minutes in, Louise starts taking off her clothes. Hang on. I'm th- Every fuck is unprofessional unless you were a prostitute. Speaking of an unprofessional fuck. Well, I have been described as quite an amateur when I've been doing the... <laughs> I've been called less than a rookie. I've never, I've never had any complaints. Or compliments either, but you know, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Neutrality, that's what you're looking for. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it... If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Why then off, bye! That's true, actually. <laughs> you should have just ended the podcast yeah. there, and that's it, that's the end of the series. Dude. <laughs> anyway, um, but in this seduction scene, she does go pants off first, yep, then yep. bra. Which I've always, I've wondered if, like, for women, that's the equivalent of when you're walking around with just your socks on. If it feels slightly off, if it feels it, slightly wrong, it shows her intention. Leave it? your yeah. socks on. Yeah. But obviously, when the, when you're getting all frisky yeah. and everything, but when it, you know. <laughs> You grab whatever you can, you know? but, but in other situations, if it's just you walking around when you're getting ready and getting mm. dressed in the morning, it, for me it's always pants. Socks. Um, socks, la- socks last. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, yeah socks yeah. after trousers. But if you, you know, if you just yeah, of course, yeah, never yeah. socks first. No, God, no. And with women, is it like never? before pants women tweet us tell us talk to us about your underwear that's, that's a bit wrong it? It, was, it was a wholesome question but it's come out and it sounds yeah, yeah yeah no okay for the point of record I'm always socks first what? what always socks first I prefer a bare foot we got a bare ass as well no <laughs> so you're hang on, hang on straight out of the shower yeah you're going socks first yeah. Oh, you absolutely That freak. horrifies you're me. Absolutely. I'm not sure if we can work together anymore. No. <laughs> Get out. Get out now. I'm the Tom. Films, films, films. <laughs> Some, that is what I say, films, films, films. My, name, my name's pretentious. That's what I got. Alright, then now I'm now the Michael. I don't like it. Also, another thing I was curious about. Uh, <laughs> what are the hours like for chauffeurs? Uh, 24-7 I imagine that must suck yeah, if you get anyone to drive for you why are you choosing Oliver I'm fucking drunk Reed yes the character isn't drunk the man was... isn't he uh, we'll get to yeah, that I'm is, fairly is certain he is <laughs> like mood swings up and yeah, down that, that the man wasn't... the man's umbilical cord had one of those like pina colada umbrellas on when he was <laughs> born you know that's how prepared he was yeah, for... that, that wasn't prop whiskey <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Philip is then put to sleep, sadly, not permanently. Oliver then drops uh, Ruthie. I think her name's Ruthie in the mod? He gives her a It was either Ruthie or Ruby. It was either Ruthie or Ruby. I couldn't quite tell because of the audio. Go for somewhere in the middle. Ruthby. Ruthby it is. <laughs> so he drops Ruthby off at the airport. He then goes to the arrivals desk at the same airport mm. where he chats to Sergeant Bob yes. Choir. From the fucking bill. It's the one other role he ever played before he did the By the way, bill. that's like 10 minutes in, there's your bill oh, actor. Okay. Oh, yeah, like, uh, the, is the bill, the bill part of wasn't that? Wasn't on his EastEnders. EastEnders, Brookie, Corrie, Dream, 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 Dream Team. Dream team yeah. I think we should add the bill. We can add the bill. Add the, yeah. Yeah. If you add the bill, everyone's then that's literally been on the bill. everyone at that point. I think we've all been on the bill. <laughs> in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the pill, not the bill. 
It was a weird time. Like, what, was, what was that do for you? <laughs> he starts, Amazing he starts, things! He starts wearing socks first. <laughs> That's what did it! That's what did it! <laughs> so it's here then that he uh, rendezvous with... But I must admit, I did also make the same note. Dude from the bill. Yeah. <laughs> you say dude from the bill. I'm reviewing the episode. I went for Sergeant Bob Cryer, the actual character's name. So nerd points for Tom. I have not made my first bullet point yet. <laughs> You're really invested in this one, aren't you, Ben? My first bullet point is 25 minutes in <laughs> yeah so um, basically Oliver Reed then rendezvous with Werner Herzog's favourite Klaus Kinski playing menacing foreign villain how could he ever have got that part <laughs> I know the man that looks like some sort of the embodiment of Satan how could he have ever possibly been cast as the main villain yeah he's like it feels like if you he feels like a character from a comic that they're like well we'll never get an actor to perfectly fit this image he looks he's got the same sort of uh, facial features as the red skull almost like those sort yeah. of he could have just yeah. painted red and that's it he's anyway. a scary man he's a scary he scary, scary, scary man looking. Naughty Oliver Reed is also packing heat at this point, so you know shit's going to go down. <laughs> it's getting a bit serious. So it's, they're, they're basically the criminal undertaking of the film. Louise fucks off for the night, leaving the old huntsman alone to care for the sickly boy. So daddy taking care of the young man. <laughs> that is really creepy, yeah. yeah. I'm only hearing it now. Yeah, I don't like it. Ollie then goes to drop off Klaus. Uh, I'm not calling him by the character's names because fuck him. Uh, Oliver drops off Klaus at the deserted house in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, look at a very nice country house. Yeah, really love, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> nice uh, little weekend retreat. I argue this for nefarious purposes. They have less than inconspicuous car. It's bright yellow. Mm. Yeah. It sticks out like a sore thumb. You would have thought go for some black. Well, maybe it's maybe. like how they think if they cast both Ollie Reed and Klaus Kinski, they must be get along. It's like people would see that well, they can't possibly be doing anything <laughs> dodgy. Otherwise, they'd be wet. They'd be driving something more. Hiding in plain sight. Yeah. It's like there's so many clown serial killers. Mm-hmm. It's a clown, surely not. It's a nice. Well, now it'd be. The, it's got to be the opposite, hasn't yeah. it? You know. Yeah. <laughs> So then Klaus um, basically goes to the house and he goes to the bedroom. Klaus goes to the house. Klaus in the house. That was was Blues. That was the equivalent of Blues Clues or something like that. Welcome children to Klaus in the house. There's a Klaus. Klaus about this house. (laughs) Da 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 da. Children, children, today we will learn our multiplications. You will learn your multiplications. Ollie. Has dropped off the, uh, the bad man Klaus. But then Louise turns up <laughs> and he goes into the bedroom and there's the same apparatus that helps young Philip to breathe throughout the night. <laughs> so so old Wheezy there is going to be part of the plot. <laughs> Feeling a bit of a kidnapping going on. Um, Louise then turns up at the, uh, the sort of safe house we'll call it it's not safe it's very unsafe oh, it's not a safe house and no. she starts snogging Klaus and it's like oh, oh. I love your slithery reptile he actually looks like he would have a reptile's tongue doesn't he you know like the fork tongue going in and out <laughs> <laughs> I love you a snake woman catching flies as he passes him by hey we're all single and none of us have got a snake's tongue so no. you know maybe that's what they like Philip the dying child <laughs> then has an asthma attack and the granddad comes charging up the stairs oh no really charging up the stairs to do nothing literally nothing but carry the boy back to bed yep that's how it works yes he was like you'll be, you'll be fine you'll be fine sleep it <laughs> up sleep don't up. worry I've got you sleep. where are we going now granddad to the hospital no back to bed shut the fuck up <laughs> no, I'm trying to get laid by the maid here alright <laughs> <laughs> laid by the maid with a close of the house <laughs> Poetry Corner with the Poem Podcast. <laughs> the next day, uh, Philip then uh, tries to run out of the house and hightails it in a cab against Louise's wishes. 
Mm. It turns out that he'd been plotting something for the last couple of days with his grandfather. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, the, cab, the cab driver apparently has no problem with this, with a woman clearly screaming, please don't go in that cab. No, get in the cab, in the I'm cab. taking you, you small child. Those get hysterical me. ladies. Get in the cab. Away from one. <laughs> Trying to get in the way of progress. <laughs> <laughs> the old man convinces Louise to let him go off. Klaus then calls the house, uh, the other house, house. Uh, claiming to be a uh, filmmaker that wants to talk to the old man about making a film about being on safari mm. to uh, sort of lure him away from the property. Nah, sounds like bullshit to me. <laughs> we then go back to Philip, who um, goes to a local pet shop and finds himself fucking off the parrots. And also outraging the lady there that he wants to buy something oh, in God, her yeah. shop. Yeah. Who are you? What are you doing in this place? How did you get in here? Well, you're a shop. You sell things. The door was open and had the sign <laughs> saying open. <laughs> open until 6 pm. I thought it was fine. So, yeah, now Philip has explained to the old nutbag exactly why he's there to pick up his uh, mysterious hitting package. And for his horse, a nutbag. Cut to the London Institute of Snake Buggery or something. This is my, um, yeah, my first post it note. 25 minutes in. Oh, Venom is about a snake. <laughs> they have to remind themselves that occasion. Oh yes, this is about a snake. It's a snake, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, thanks for coming, uh, Michael. Really yeah. appreciate it. Um, I love the music in this. The music in my effect was my best bit. Okay. So I just like, so well, it was like we'll a second, save that. Save it was that like a later. secondary character at every single situation. It was great. So now we meet uh, a whole new extra group of assholes that we have to care about later. The one lab tech explained that the new institute's uh, institute's new black mamba is not a black mamba at all. But wait, if the black mamba isn't here, then. Uh oh. As she chatted, as she chatted to her daughter or that young girl at this. Oh point. yeah, yeah. Uh, because Dr. Madeline Stowe talking to her daughter. They ask about a boy that she talks about, and she says that she knows this boy who's got loads of dirty pics. Cashback callback. <laughs> <laughs> the Bob Cinematic Universe expands. <laughs> the, time, the times do kind of link up. It's probably around the time he's supposed to be young. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, according to one of the timelines, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it turns out the lab tech dealt with the same snake dealer as Philip. What are the odds? Uh, the head of the lab, Dr. Stowe, then realises the black mamba must be elsewhere and decides to call the police, who open up with the line, Sergeant, sorry to interrupt, but there's a woman on the phone. A woman? A woman. Dr. Stowe explains the situation to the, uh, the sergeant of the police place. <laughs> The police place. <laughs> police place. The, yeah. You got the clues house. <laughs> police place. Close in the house. <laughs> the paying the maid. Laid the maid, sorry. Laid the maid in the police, um, police place. So he explains she's from the uh, London Institute of Toxicology to reach the police uh, officer replies, Toxicology? So, I know, That's poisons, isn't it? I know it's That's not. Dullards in the back. You know? just, just to hammer it home. I know it's not, but for a, for a, um, a callback, can the police place be... Meanwhile, in Scotland Yard. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was actually supposed to be sort of lovely. We, um, we are just calling back to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, listener dear. Klaus then arrives in his not very unidentifiable motor, but not at the pub. He is, however, at the house. Um, but then Louise Klaus has... is Louse about the house. <laughs> Klaus is about Klaus the house. <laughs> He has found his lemon car. Oh, we are on very dodgy ground right now. <laughs> Racism. It's fine. Uh, it's all right. I don't need the accent. <laughs> so Louise then has to explain that the, the boy isn't there to kidnap and he's out and about. So they are having to wait for him to come home to take him instead. Um, a little bit of plot detail now. The lab head explains that the black mamba is very hurty indeed. <laughs> and that, he's using the technical terms, isn't he? He's a hurty bitey bastard. Yeah, and that a little boy has it somewhere in London. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. But London's a big place. 
<laughs> Philip then returns home as Louise tries to rush him into Klaus's car. Hello. Klaus pulls a very kidnapped face. Yeah. You can trust me, child. Look at my smiling face. Get inside. I have sweeties and more, more sugar than you can handle. Why are you both being Hansel and Gretel? <laughs> Philip sort of resists Louise. Philip has rushed inside uh, with his new pet death machine. As he goes running up the stairs, he runs into Oliver Reed, who I'm pretty sure spent the morning portion of this film drunk underneath he's a He's so potato. drunk at this point because he's just saying, you're a little bastard, aren't you? Yeah, What's with this times. little bastard? Bastard, bastard, <laughs> bastard! <laughs> I've got a note oh, here. The reviews are in. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he spent the morning sleeping off a hangover under the pool table. We've all been there. He then follows it up by saying, as soon as he sees Philip, what do you have there? A Bengal tiger? Who gave you that Mrs. Gandhi, I suppose? Ollie Reed, king of banter, everybody. I, do, I, I tried to do a bit of an Oliver Reed impression from that film, and I can't quite remember it now, unfortunately. But <laughs> yeah, when I was I, watching I, it, I think if you're a slightly less gruff, he's a bastard. He's a bastard. I'm you're you're such a bastard. terrible little bastard. What's wrong with the little bastard now? It's like you're really not giving the game away here <laughs> yeah. at all, are you, Ollie Reed? I mean, we get it, you don't like children. <laughs> or grown ups, or <laughs> elderly. Black or... <laughs> Anyway, the old man has returned home. Just in time for Louise to scream the street down as she goes upstairs and opens Philip's new box and gets bitten in the face by a rubber snake. Oh, that's a shame. She's a charmer of many things, but not of snakes. Well, then... So the snake's attacked now. So we now know that the snake is there. You see, this was what I was hoping. This was the note I, I made as it went. I hope the boy develops a buddy-buddy relationship with the snake like Turner and Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> Philip and the hisser. <laughs> I say you just said snake attacks. That's another one year um, translation. Snake attacks. Yes. Better, film, better film name. <laughs> snake anger. Anyway, we then see this from a, uh, a snake's eye view. Yes, yeah, that's I a common. Like that. I didn't mind that. I like that you know, a lot. for eighties yeah. yeah. special effects. It was it around was... the time that the Evil Dead was doing that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Know? I'll be honest with you I'm not the snake um, itself is a truck oh it's awful oh god yeah it's It's the ones that you get at the end of a pier and you wrap it around you you know I think it's the ones that are like there's several different compartments that you move it along and it sort of winds around I was barely above the wiggles that you used to get as a kid you know (laughs) there's a wiggle about and the video display in Woolworths makes it look really fun but you're not a genius guy who spent (laughs) years practicing these hand coordinations so you just drop it the video makes it look very good (laughs) so yeah anyway uh, Louise gets bitten several times in the face and then the snake bug goes off into the vents. The old man explains that the house snake is harmless. Klaus then decides to enter the house. Klaus is in many houses this time. He gets around, doesn't he? He does seem quite nonchalantly as if he was always living there. Oliver Reed starts cursing a bit more because the woman he's loved that just got bitten by a snake that wasn't his. By a bastard! He then attacks the old man with the gun, <laughs> take the old man and they lock him downstairs. <laughs> As they go, though, a policeman knocks the door. Nino, 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 Nino. A policeman then knocks on the door of the house that Klaus is in to be greeted by Ollie Reed and his big weapon. Yeah, Ollie Reed does not think this through. <laughs> he just shoots the man in the fucking chest. It's so brazen out in public broad day. Yeah, like... midday. <laughs> fucking midday. I will admit I didn't think this through, but I was too angry with all the bastards that were surrounding me. Plus, a man came over and hit me with a cricket bat and it really hurt. <laughs> he tries to take my whiskey away from me. <laughs> and my emergency bitter. Louise's condition worsens until she collapses. This could either be from snake bites or because of the shoddy work of the guys that did the heating. <laughs> I told you it would come back. I fucking knew it. Yeah. Uh, they really lay that groundwork in. 
Yeah. In amongst all the chaos, Philip goes r- hiding in the house. Oliver is now searching for him, calling our bastard for the umpteenth <laughs> time. Come on, you little bastard! I think that's the only insult he's got. He doesn't know any <laughs> other swear word apart from bastard. I think it's, he's like, I think it's probably like that there's a rule, like there's only like you can say, oh, you know, you can't say any fucks, but you can say as many bastards. Yeah. So he's you, like, he's trying to use bastard in the way that we use fucks, hey, which bast- is like bastards are one of the top top three swear words. Oh, yeah, it depends how much inflection you're yeah, saying. It's, it's got to be it's, bastard, though. It can't be bastard. It's got to be like bastard. bastard. If, you, if you do it like, if you do it like, like Rick Mayo, you at a, at a yeah. bastard, Neil. You know. like it depends on the inflection and the context as yeah, well. Yeah. Louise now hams it up, uh, writhing around the floor until she finally croaks. The Rosses arrive, including Chief Inspector Hard Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because oh, he spots it. This is Nick, uh, Nick, Nicole Williamson, I think. Oh no, no, the first. Yeah, detect. So this was the line. This was one of my favorite notes. Uh, detective discovers dead cop and looks at him like he just walked past a pub and seen that his team that he'd seen were 1-0 up and now 2-1 down like <laughs> yeah. that's the level of disappointment he's like, like oh. oh that's a shame oh I liked him he wrote me a Christmas card the once. he hadn't paid his team on him oh that's a shame None of them are wearing anything to protect them from gunfire of course despite nope. there being like obvious or, signs that the guy got shot or snakes they always wear oh, things oh, no, no one knows about the snakes yet well they should always think ahead <laughs> Just They'll always be prepared the for film's snakes. Called, the film's called Venom. They should bloody prepare. What's on for snakes? Anyway, Klaus uh, then tries to negotiate with DCI Hard Bastard, but to no avail. Hard Bastard then retreats to his motor for a cup of tea and a strategy meeting with his underlings. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing that, from a modern context, every time Hard Bastard then tries to negotiate with Klaus or with Ali, he'll go to the middle of the street in front of the house, and they'll be at one of the windows. And he'll quite openly say, Can you hear me? And the only thing I can react with is, yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. <laughs> <laughs> I can see a young Stephen Toast actually in the Ollie Reed role. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Matt Berry's bastard. voice I've never been able to quite get. I love Not it. Not many can. He's got the best that's voice. That's why it's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Ray bloody purchase. <laughs> well, well, well. Bruce Forsyth! <laughs> Hell's teeth, man! It's when he's beefing um, House of Fools. It's just every time he comes you out... can't hurt a... me! I'm on! Well, every time, every time he comes out into a song, and every time there's just his voice in the song, is so good. I'm making love to African ladies! Ah, uh, quoting more successful people. <laughs> Cut to Philip's room, featuring a board game called Stop Boris. <laughs> this is either Cold War we're propaganda all, all playing that game. <laughs> or chilling warning to protect the country from the mop-haired, <laughs> shit-brained, EU-hating monster Boris Johnson. It's, it's like when it turns out the Back, the back to the Future trilogy predicted 9-11. <laughs> Regardless of about your kids, Marnie, they're going to go to the World Trade Center. <laughs> it's so oh. silly. It's the little things like when the when he does the when the, the tire tracks are on fire, it makes an 11, and it's just past the sign like that's got a 9 next to it, so you see 9-11. And his argument is not that they knew that it was a conspiracy that was going to happen. His argument mm. was that time is circular and that we've always been aware of the uh, connotations of the On The Simpsons as well, wasn't it? Well, yeah. they, they travelled to New York and it cost 11 cents and the magazine said nine or something like that. So. But surely you just yeah. could have found that with any random... Yeah, of course you can. There's, there's only ten digits yeah, 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 in yeah, the yeah. world. Yeah. Have you seen I that? almost got the number of digits wrong just then. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you could just assume that it's like a... Uh, something to say 911 about the American emergency system. Yeah. But it just happened to be at that time. My thing is, have you ever seen um, the film about uh, The Shining Room? Room 237. Yeah, have you ever watched that? Yeah, I love that film. I 
fucking hate it because all the little, all the little like things that they talk about are so really, really fucking. This is interesting because like it's a very similar. Like you can go make a cup of tea if you want. (laughs) It's a very similar opinion to this film uh, reviewer uh, who does a series on YouTube called Your Movie Sucks, and I think Mm, that that, I'm not saying it's a wrong interpretation of it, but I believe that what the film is meant to be about is about obsessives. And um, people finding things wherever they're looking for them. It's not actually meant to be a serious film essay about The Shining. It's a portrayal of people who are obsessed with weird things, and that they will look for clues in anything. So you're meant to. You're not meant to take this as a great lesson about The Shining. You're what? meant to take it as some people have some crazy. But it doesn't market itself that way. It marketed itself as well. That's not down well, to the filmmakers. What could be the truth behind the, the Shining? I got to see it during. The, I got to see it on a double bill with The Shining. Like they showed two thirty-seven, and oh, then they showed okay. The Shining. Yeah. And the best moment because there's one moment where he points out that the way that he goes to lean in to shake Jack Nicholson's hand, there's like his name, like is in front, like there's like a nameplate or something in front of him, and he points out that it is exactly in line with his crotch, and it's meant to represent a hard on. Like, he's meant to be a boner. So when that happens, when The Shining is on straight away after that, biggest laugh. Everyone laughs. laughs. Oh. Anywho. So, yeah, that's... Snakes are bastards, aren't they? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Michael's back. I've got you back in. Okay, so the snake then comes out of hiding to feast upon the many rodents. Oh yeah, he scares a hamster. The hamster's running in a little <laughs> wheel. I can't escape. It's like a nightmare on Elm Street situation. Favorite, favorite scene in the film. <laughs> nope, I can't go anywhere. Ah, no. <laughs> the old man is then dragged out to bring the snake out of hiding, taking precious moments to have a look at Louise's corpse. That was a bit grim, wasn't it? Uh, yes, Daddy. Scotland Yard. <laughs> Call me daddy. Scotland no. Yard ushering a police control vehicle to set up a gazebo. Street party! Let's go! <laughs> uh, follows a four-minute scene. I counted four minutes of the old man looking for the snake in the master bedroom. Oh, yes, this is my oh, yeah, yeah. snake expert. <laughs> Lamp and cushion. <laughs> if I know anything about snakes, they hate lamps and they really hate cushions. It's four minutes of a man who looks like David Bellamy looking for a snake <laughs> that the audience knows isn't there. He's like the Hollywood glamorized version of David Bellamy. Just me that accent. This is a fantastic snake. What I've learned about snakes is that they do not like low lighting or. Comfortable, comfortable seating. Purely <laughs> because they haven't got an arse to enjoy it. <laughs> I did always wonder that as a kid. How did they poo? Because I could never see where a snake could How poo. Do from. they poo? They do have like I, a, they do like have a slit a hole yeah. that they sort of open up. I love. I remember. I, I I can't really watch nature documentaries a lot of the time because I hate when they attack each other when they eat each other. All that sort of stuff. Even like... Right. That's awesome. No, I know why it exists, but it's just so... I don't like what... Like, it's literal death I'm seeing on screen. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do remember watching one footage of like a, a snake eating like a whole deer or oh, something yeah, like yeah. that. And they point out that it's going to live off of that for a year. Yeah. Oh, you know? I love that idea. That's or fantastic. just eat one big thing. Yeah, just, just eat like a giant Toblerone and I'm good for like <laughs> well, six I months. If, if I could ever finish one of those... the Big John pizzas, like the, <laughs> the massive ones. The monster that you get from Snappies, yeah. I'll be down with that. Anyway, outside, DCA hard bastard uh, has his markman arrive, uh, marksman, uh, while the rest of Scotland Yard cordon the area off 
with some massive curtains. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was, was weird. weird. That was odd. Yeah. It was like the operating curtains you saw back in the day. I don't understand why they needed that. I think it was just to sort of shield the public from the visual elements. I think it was allowed the them to film in a studio for the majority of the rest <laughs> of the film. PCR Hardbaster then says the following. If any of our men talks above a whisper, I'll have his balls. He has the voice of one of those sort of football managers back in the 90s and 80s that would still yeah. be getting regular employment. So basically... I'm going to turn things around here at Crystal Palace. We're going to instill some discipline in the team. If anyone talks above a whisper, I'll have his balls. So this is one of my notes. So at one point they're walking up the stairs... And for some reason, Ollie Reed and the boy are in perfect synchronisation when they're walking up the stairs. That's because he's holding he him by like, the arms. Like, yeah, on, he was operating, you know, like those Michael Jack- Jackson fives. It was all And it was the police. little boy operating yeah. the giant Oliver Reed. Look, the kid's the most professional person on set. We're going to have to have him. You're leading by example here, kid. Just, just... Ollie, Ollie Reed was actually having a snooze. It's actually a mask of his own face when he's awake. <laughs> oh, yeah, and this is my other note because like, Klaus Kinski is the voice of. Of reason in this film yeah we'll, we'll get on to this very <laughs> shortly anyway um, cut back to the snake who seems to be quite happy going back and forth through the ducts what, apparently what we, need... we all be what a dream life <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving life in the air events um, police move in for their most daring operation to date Towing the ugly yellow car away <laughs> uh, this enrages Oliver Reed for is, that, is that for matters of taste it's like how those houses that are like painted yeah, pink yes. and white stripes yeah, yeah. and everyone else like has a go at them. But yeah, uh, Oliver Reed gets really upset about this. I'm wondering, how much did he actually pay for the car? Yeah, I was three I was three payments off, you bastards. They were going to start giving me an income. A <laughs> I mean, bastard income, of course. <laughs> DCO hard bastard tries testing to Cloaks and Ali, to which they request a million pounds in many foreign notes yeah and um <laughs> the exchange rates they would have had to the exchange rates when oh, they finally got it all down to one it's like it's like the million pound drop at the end of it. Yeah, they only yeah. got about oh, that'd be a bugger as well yeah right? couldn't get it one place it's not drachmas like... lira deutschmann franks when the frank died that that currency had existed for like 1500 years that's yep. how crazy it was that they went to the euro mm. What I love is that the country that's really keeps threatening to leave the euro, not the euro, not the uh, EU. Their, their main thing is to leave the euro. Mm. Are the Italians really? You want to go back to the lira <laughs> of all the currencies that wants to make a comeback? You guys fucking need this. <laughs> you, you were taking wheelbarrows and rights to the <laughs> just to buy a pint of milk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's only because their mafia vaults will be worth something again. <laughs> anyway, DCI Hardbuster tries to take to Casanelli. Uh, they cross the million pounds and the return of the ugly yellow car not a good car the ugly yellow one <laughs> because of course you still got some basket payments to make on it and you better um, not have given it a paint job you bastards <laughs> whilst they're hiding out the make a wish kid forgets how to breathe again <laughs> oh, that whilst, friendly asthma. whilst DCI hard bastard learns about Riggles the cuddling serpent that's his new name I'm keeping it <laughs> Well, it may be Wriggles, it may be Cuddles, I may change it later, I don't care. Dr. Stowe, the woman with massive hair, arrives on the scene. Uh, she's armed with a shitload of snake knowledge, and she gives the details 
the DCI hard bastard in the back of his car. Well, hey. Narrates some of this uh, snake info over footage of the snake itself, having mm. a great old time in the meds. You know those mid mid film montages in the eighties about life is good and now I'm happy. <laughs> Let's try out a load of clothes. I mean, <laughs> if it was set in any other time, all over imagine goes do 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 I'm walking on sunshine. I'm a snake in a van. He started to give the vent a paint job, and another <laughs> and one of the hamsters playfully rolls his face with the rolly pin oh, of face. The old, <laughs> the old man of the sickly uh, child playing stop uh, Boris. Oh. There's two of the hamsters painting them. One gets eaten. He goes, like, oh, "What was he like?" <laughs> Oh, I love Gerald, but I won't miss him. <laughs> Back to the house, and Ollie's ba, 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 da, da. Back to the no, house. Now in my head, I still want this snake sitcom. <laughs> Back to the house, and Ollie is flipping out over the car again. What is he doing with that fucking car? Seriously, he must have been so drunk he thought he was his lover. A man's chauffeur. A chauffeur's car is his life. It may have been that his wife, his wife gave birth to it or something. Maybe he was really drunk and he actually thought it was his car. Because he was actually... I want the car, mate! <laughs> fucking bastards! <laughs> you can't say fucking in this film. Only bastards. I don't care! <laughs> you bastard bastards! <laughs> you bastarding bastard bastard bastards. Bastard off, you bastard bastard. <laughs> anyway, here we go. 55 minutes, 30 seconds in. Oliver has found the liquor cabinet. Yay! <laughs> we assume he found it many times during production, but this is our first as, evidence of it. As I said earlier on, it was not prop alcohol. Yeah, I feel the scene wasn't in the script either. <laughs> Klaus advises him to save some for later. Has he not met Ollie before? Yeah. I love that. He's trying to do the German seriousness now. It must be sensible of this. We, except for Oktoberfest, we must be explaining yeah. it. You save some for later. That was one of the biggest fuck off. One of the biggest bullshit movie concepts ever. I mean, I can take space raccoons and all that sort of stuff, but the movie Beer Fest suggesting that Americans would win a beer drinking competition. Oh God! Against Brits and Germans. Oh, they've got no chance. Fucking. Uh, last time I was. Have you guys ever been to America? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. All you'll ever get over there is fucking Bud Light. Yeah, I think we... Or Coors Light. What's that that P... What is it? An awful one. Um, Oh, Pat's Blue Ribbon. Yeah, awful. That's the nearest Nice looking can. Dreadful, though. And... I think we have more alcohol percentage in our 7-Up Freeze than we did in the the beers. Oh, fuck yeah. And you've got to, like... Pay a dollar tip every single time you want a bloody beer. Oh, What's all about? It's pretty horrendous. Ugh. Oh, yes, because they pay their waiting staff like 20 cents an, yeah. an hour. Basically, if there is anyone from America that's listening to this podcast, thank sort you. your fucking beer out. Well, I would like to say thank, thank you before thank we you, start please, abusing yeah. them. Yeah. Get them in first, then we can abuse them, all right? Oh, if Get they're already listening, we've o- got them in. Mate, there's only series one, all right? We need them on site. <laughs> <laughs> we need the dollar. Season dollar. one. Season one. <laughs> <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Anyway, guys, there's a moment of great tension coming on. Mm-hmm. DCI Hard Bastard has informed Dr. Stowe she has to reinform the kidnappers about the snake, therefore putting herself in the line of fire. Oh, yes, I did make a note about this coming up. And despite having a child, she goes and does it anyway. What was your note? My note was at some point someone says the line, bring her to the steps and I'll come. And <laughs> yeah, close. Klaus Kinski gave a very sil- very weird grin at that yeah. point. Uh, it takes all sorts of uh, things. It's a good fan, nice fetish. It's a good shot. It's a good shot if you can make it. So oh, Louise, like yeah. a slinky. So Klaus and Ali have basically explained that Louise has been bitten by the snake and she needs to be looked at. They agree to take Louise's lifeless body out onto the steps, mm-hmm. and Madeline could then 
go and help Louise with some anti-venom or something that takes away the, the issue of rigor mortis. The old man has laid the maid on the steps of the house, but surprise, it was Klaus all along. That was well, well done. Oh, that, was... that was. Oh, give him that because initially in the first shot, I genuinely was Louise, a bit surprised at that. You see Louise's like stockings, and you think that's Louise, and they pull away, and it is Klaus. It... Uh, as a German man, I'm always wearing stockings. It is one of our traits. We've lost the Americans, we've lost the Germans, <laughs> Greeks. Oh God! The Chinese next. Here we go. <laughs> What uh, the fuck is your problem? So anyway, he's got a gun pointed at Madeline, and now they've kidnapped the uh, the doctor Stowe. Um, is this where we see a, 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 a sniper's point of view shot that focuses on someone's ass for yeah, a really yeah, long yeah. period of time? Because that's when Oliver Reed got behind the camera. Or <laughs> oh, look at asses and call them bastards, you, you, you bastard cinematographers. Let me show you how a real <laughs> bastard does it. <laughs> so yeah, um, basically, DC hard bastard is a terrible officer. This woman in the line of fire. Uh, the cops now attempt to enter the house via a clothes shop behind the building. Don't Just... question it. Don't question no, it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. One hour, four minutes, fifteen. Ollie Reed goes back to the drinks cabinet. Yay! But surprise, Black Mamba. <gasps> yeah. Whoa, Black it's... Mamba. Bam around. Whoa, Black Mamba. Bam. <laughs> I love the idea of the snake actually getting a bit drunk. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm just out I'm having a little. I was, I was having a wonderful conversation with the little thing in the tequila bottle. We were but, having a uh, wonderful time. By the way, where's the fellow who did Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I want a word with him. Ju- <laughs> Jungle Book would be a very different film. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> the Marvel would be a very different. Book no, you know what though, Mowgli, Mowgli. I fucking love you though. I fucking love you. <laughs> I mean, think he's so yeah, great. I've got, I've got to listen to this fucking tiger. I just no. I, you, you you make friends. I think he's a prick. You're friends when you're young. You can't give them up anymore. <laughs> but it's just you know you're, you're cool. We're cool, aren't we? I you know it's, we all make mistakes, Moby. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, I killed your mum. But... No, but I admire you. are Self reliant, and that's what so many young people aren't anymore these days. It just has to be said, really. What has this become? Because it's just you know you know though, Mowgli, It's like you and you and you and your wolf friends. Yeah, I like you, but you know, you just, you stick to your own, and that's, you know, you're just getting on better. It's just, it's just, it's just common sense, you know, but you can't stay it these days. You can't stand it! Hang on, get this back. Oh, snakes are bastards, aren't they? I think that's, see, we we have to fight against these stereotypes. I don't dispute that our history is bumpy at best of times. But people don't understand. People don't. People don't know anything about sex. They don't even know where we shit from. They don't know anything about us. <laughs> what? We need to. It's just that there needs to be education. That's what I'm saying, Mowgli. Because you've never gone to go to school, and I actually think that's liberated you. I really do. You have got this. Because prospectus is for the American school in London. You love it. You fucking academies of everywhere. It's full of asthmatics. You love it. Yes. You'll fucking walk all over him. Anyway. And this is why I don't watch films. <laughs> you just listen to us talk <laughs> yes, about exactly. them. That's <laughs> further than plus. Seven you now. said this was only taking an hour. We're now like an hour and a half in. Oh, no, we're I only, think, only hour and ten. I think Card. I think, okay. I think Drunk Card is a... Drunk Card does these. Yeah, we'll, we'll... Absolutely. Drunk Card's <laughs> the best thing so far. <laughs> it's been a... The crooks then lob out a gift to the police forced below. A silver box... Containing a little bit of Dr. Stowe, meaning her piano playing days are well and truly over. Yeah, it's very tragic. 
Yeah. Ruth then returns from the air. Uh, have we met? Room. Have we met scientist Shit McBeard yet? Shit McBeard. Baby <laughs> snakes. That's a Frank Zappa reference. Where I want you, that in. Where would you put your cock in a snake? In the See, little that's hole. <laughs> so many potential lovers. Shut up! Shut up! So many unknown paramours. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just fucking lonely. Ruth returns from the airport. <laughs> I'm so fucking lonely. Pretty bloody quickly. <laughs> Instead of a police escort, she hops in a taxi. This arsehole has money to burn. I can't have a feeling I'm not listening to it. I'm sorry, Trump Khan's really got me. A half seven when we started this recording, I did not think I'd see a drunk car. <laughs> Send a nurse, they're all dying. And a, and a priest. <laughs> and a man. Ollie grabs a bottle of grog. Well, it was in his contract. Uh, the old man and Ollie then must venture to the cellar to double check the entry points are firmly locked. I feel that one of them won't make it out alive. We cut back to the boutique. <laughs> and fuck me, it's Bricktop from Snatch. He owns the. Uh, the Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's helping the film. It feels like really imagine, weird. He should have. He should have narrated the whole film. Now, there's a lot of people that don't understand the history of that snake. Let me tell you about this one prick called Car. Let me tell you he about gets drunk. <laughs> Let me tell you about Dave the bastard. <laughs> they uncover a door accessing the house whilst DCI Hardbaster is dressed as a biker officer because. Huh? Maybe he's getting ready for his commute home, you know? Or maybe he's getting ready for his... You always see that those people at work suddenly in all the lycra. Someone's someone's up. Or maybe he's just preparing for his village people tribute act. (laughs) We just don't know. Next. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. In the name. (laughs) You can't, it's better. (laughs) They break through the wall just as Ollie and the old man are in the cellar. Ollie opens fire, misses, because he's probably pissed, and takes some shots to the chest. If only there's a word I can think of in this time to... You... You pain in the bum? You scoundrel. You <laughs> nightmare? You child born out of wedlock. I just like, you... don't know. <laughs> you steward of a bar. <laughs> but yeah, well, I think when he took the shot to the chest, what he should have had, uh, just for a little comedic element, is just have whiskey spraying out <laughs> the holes. Like, like a colander. Like, like Tom and Jerry when he's <laughs> with bullets of water. He drinks some water. <laughs> At least it's sterilising the wounds. <laughs> uh, just when things look to be on the up, Riggles pops up again and dives after DCI hard bastard. All involved manage to escape unscathed, except for an injured Ali. He crawls his way to the stairs, but finds an unwelcome guest venturing up his trousers. Yeah, this is this is my uh, note. This doesn't feel like the first time his dick has been in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> in the least dignified death ever, Oliver Reed is put down by snake bites to the penis. We've all been there. I am. Sh- Wait. <laughs> it feels like this is a battle that the snake should not be winning. This is like his, this is like his David and Goliath. This is like his John Cena versus Brock Lesnar situation. He should be just taking a battering throughout the entirety of this. 
Anyway, Ruth now arrives at the scene, has to be held back by the coppers, because she does, she's insane. Yeah. Uh, we then get properly introduced to a nerd! Shit McBeard. Dr. Shit McBeard, uh, a.k.a. Young nerd. Rolf Harris, who has managed to analyse the finger gift from earlier and determine it isn't the doctor's, which is quite worrying. It seems like he did far more work on that finger than was needed. Yeah. It was just like, put it in ice for fuck's sake. We can't, you know, we don't have time to study it. Eric, DCI Hard Bastard's boss, Lord Who the Fuck Cares, arrives to nothing. Why did they not cut off her finger? Are they saying that Klaus is not all bad? Well, snakes are bastards, aren't they? Because they they cut off the dead woman's finger. Louise's finger, yeah. The maid's finger. But the obvious threat was that they'd cut off the other woman's finger that was the hostage. Yeah. Mm. But they didn't. And Why didn't they? Uh, it's just like an intimidation tactic. It's yeah, making like, move faster. Yeah, but... But then they could just easily get away with... Otherwise, it'd be like assault and GBH on top of that. They've already got like... Well, it's just going, <laughs> just kidding, yeah. you know. <laughs> just like get, pull her out and say, April Fool's, took you time. <laughs> um... Yeah, Lord. I like the other Kinski's covering all his bases. Yeah, yeah, he's got to be sure. I'm realistic. We would like to not make doubt. I mean, what are you going to do with a dead woman anyway, apart from cut her up and throw it at police officers? Lord. <laughs> anyway, Lord, who the fuck cares arrives to nothing but explain the situation and plot so far, in case anyone has nodded a halfway through and needs refreshing. The old man and the asthma patient Zero have noticed that the snake room in the room is in the room with them. They do nothing. This makes them dicks in my eyes. <laughs> Kidnapper or not, you probably would warn him about a snake in the room. Yeah. I mean, I would if this was me, but I, mean, I, would, I wouldn't have gotten myself into this basic... situation to begin with, so, yeah. Uh, well. It's just basic civility, really, isn't yeah. it? Oh, mate, there's a snake you, in there. You, sir, are rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've been called bastards all day. It's probably As you start closing the door, oh, shit, sorry, yeah, yeah, there's a snake in there. You want to deal with that? Yeah, good, we're good, we're good. The important thing, oh. is, the important <laughs> thing is you're honest. <laughs> Close. I respect you. <laughs> you are a man of dignity. I will only take off three of your fingers. <laughs> Close then takes a chomp to the neck from Riggles, followed by him wrestling a very obvious rubber snake. Yeah, the this is my uh, last note. Actually, this doesn't feel like the first time Klaus Kinski's engaged another animal in a fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> he has got the look of a man that's killed a bear. Yeah, this yeah. is my Friday afternoon. Workout regime. <laughs> My hoodie is also the skin of an animal. <laughs> In a panic, Klaus crashes onto the balcony and then off it and then back on and uh, shoots the snake, leads the marksmen doing their fucking jobs. Oh, this, I think that was amazing. The snake, it was like full blown yeah, headshot. Yeah, back favorite. and to the left. Final breath yeah. with, and bullet and Klaus blows the snake's fucking head up. This was my favourite bit in, in the whole film. Someone tried to shoot a snake in the face. <laughs> and it was a tiny snake. You know, that's a... That's a, that's a, that's a hard target. He then dives off the balcony onto some mesh below. <laughs> because it'd be obviously terrible if he landed on the pavement. He could make a mess. After a tense siege, the old man finds this to be the perfect time to flirt with the doctor. How do you look, Shane Huntsman? For the final scene, uh, the nerve-wracking music kicks in and we look back in the air ducts to find Snake Eggs Wriggles was a mama. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Venom 2. 
Snake bastards. <laughs> they are. Born out of wedlock. <laughs> so you mocked me earlier on. This whole film summed up in one sentence. Snakes are right bastards, aren't they? So what you're saying is that this whole film was actually about the sanctity of marriage and yes. we need to respect it more. Absolutely. Because these feral bastard kids are ruined. It was the theme. We found the thematic <laughs> undertone of this work. Anyway, um, this this whole ending, though, because I've seen the one film before this, it does feel very sort of Godzilla 1998. Yeah. In the fact of... It's better than Godzilla 98, I'd say. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's like 1.1 out of 10 against 1.2 out of 10, or something like that, um, you know? You guys really need to talk to my friends over at the Dinosaur Man podcast, because they will tell you very differently. They love that film. Um, my friend Andy is... I think he's maybe his favourite film. He's a massive advocate for the 90s Godzilla movie. Really? Which, Andy, Hughes or Fowler? Hmm? Hughes or Fowler? Uh, Hughes. Oh, that makes no more sense. Godzilla was... <laughs> yeah. I Hi, met him. Hi, Andy. Sorry. You're great. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'm not going to go into a whole Godzilla conversation. Two more notes and we're nearly done. Oh. Um, the producers thank David Ball, the actual London zookeeper. Michael Ball's cousin. <laughs> thank David Ball, the actual keeper of Johnny London... Ball's uncle. <laughs> the actual keeper at London Zoo, David Ball... David Ball, the former Sunderland left back. <laughs> David Ball, the, the keeper the, of the reptile house. The father of Gavin Ball, part of my office football predictions league. <laughs> David Ball from the London reptile house. Nothing to do with Zoe Ball, Michael Ball. Oh, I forgot about Zoe Ball. <laughs> David Ball, the actual keeper at the London Zoo Reptile House, who had a character based on him in the film. He got thanks for his help in handling the Black Mamba itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can handle our Black Mamba anytime. <laughs> the guy that played the character of David Ball uh, also played Alfred the Butler in the early... Um, Batman films. Well, because yeah. he was like the only constant to those. Four. Well, the guy who played uh, Commissioner Gordon as well was in all of them. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. but he he was in the like the from the Tim Burton era to the um, yeah. John Schumacher yeah. bastardization. Poor guy. But yeah, so it was interesting to see. I like to imagine that the creators of the film initially met with uh, David Ball and said, you know, he, he seems a really interesting guy. Let's get him on the film. Let's actually have him play himself. And they put David in front of the camera and goes, And they said, We can't have him stealing Ollie Reed's lines. (laughs) (laughs) What's that bastard doing with my script? Oh, fuck it, get a professional. The end. First time in this film. The end. Uh, It is the end, but one more note. Uh, The production company behind this film. Who cares? Venom Productions. Yeah, the one and only. Now they're finally doing their follow up. All these years later. <laughs> uh, anything else anyone wants to add before we crack on? No. Just talk about the film in summary. It just was what it was. It didn't give us a lot to work with. Mm, Outside yeah. of Ollie Reed, Klaus Kinski gave us next to nothing either, which is crazy. It, it, but then again, I think it was just... the hardest one to get a lot of stuff out of because it was just sort of a nothing film. Yeah, it, but to be fair, it in this podcast, time. a nothing film is something I'm kind of <laughs> warming to. It's not uniquely bad like a lot of these other films are. Oh, you God, know, like no. it's, it's no not, Bullseye. Yeah, it's no Cashback, it's no Bullseye, it's no Knights of the Damned. It's just <laughs> naff in the way a lot of those sort of naff 80s films were. Bored. You know, it's yeah. Really, really. I watched it in one sitting because I had to. Was, oh, that's like, it. If, really if we want to get kind of analytical or whatever about it, it's pretty obvious that there's like two or three concepts of films. You know, it's, heist. It's a, hostage, it's a heist yeah, hostage it's, film. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a it's a Jaws esque spin off Jaws cash in animal yeah. thing. 
And it's also like, yeah, and they just obviously tried to like, they don't have enough for one film, and so putting mm. together it might make one film, but it really is just... So it's basically just, th- throwing as much of them all as they can. Yeah, they're sticks. ticking the clock down. There's no, you know, you've got Kinski and Ollie Reed, but they don't play memorable characters. They, you know, they don't even give Kinski anything to really work with, you know? It's, it's, you want ne- them it's to neither go... actor's magnum opus. Yeah, it's like when you, when you see, like, it's like equivalent of, if you see Nicolas Cage, you either want him to give a great acting performance or you want him to go full Nick Cage (laughs) so you either want to see Ollie Reed doing like a Sykes you know a great actual performance or you want to see him on Aspel singing with the band and you know (laughs) or on an arts program late night on Channel 4 basically harassing everyone until he's basically told to leave or wrestling another man in naked in front of a fireplace Uh, that's all you man you know an Ollie Reed, Klaus Kinski naked wrestle with the python involved in the, in the midst of it, then you would have had something to remember. Okay. Wrestling in front of a roaring fire, maybe. Um, <laughs> with a snake involved. It, <laughs> Jake Roberts looking on. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, it, it did feel like a nothing film, but like I say, in a podcast where we've looked at 13 other movies that are varying degrees of rubbish and awful and nothing, it's been kind of like a nice... It's a film that, like, like back in the day, you could have had just on, on the telly. Um, whilst, like, I can imagine a lot of people just watched it late at night, like half falling asleep. And it just it doesn't occupy your brain, it doesn't occupy yeah. your mind. It's not actually offensively bad, it's just there. It's a half eleven at night ITV, so, yeah. mid-Wednesday film, yeah. just to fill the airwaves. I always prefer something offensively bad. Because at least no one can be angry about it. This is just so nothing. Yeah, it's just, yeah. What, what I've just wasted an hour. At least with like the ones that are really, really super bad. Yeah, I can get angry and offended by it. This is just a waste of life. Or super bad. Or super. Bad. <laughs> this is just a complete waste of my life. I'm never going to get back again. So it's time to go down the usual route that we go in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, what would you guys have done in order to improve the film? The size of what it is. Yeah, what? I think yeah. Just what are you movie? Are you are you a hostage film? Are you are, you know? promoting I think I think it's not a bad idea to like mash two genres together but you've got to give us more snake attacks yeah and you've got to yeah, make yeah. the hostage negotiations more tense you've got, you've got to get care about you've got to get yeah you've got if you've got Klaus Kinski you want him screaming at this guy not just can you hear me right I will talk in a fairly decent yes I can hear you from Fandango yes mm. it's just like he's not even yelling I want Klaus Kinski to scream with his eyes bugging out of his skull at this cop who's also screaming at him as well, you know? Okay, so imagine... I want them to go bonkers. I so... want them to go Nick Cage, you know? That's what I want. Imagine an alternative universe then where Kinski actually went and did Raiders of the Lost Ark mm. and then perhaps someone else came in to play his role. Who else at that time would have played it? Well, I mean, I get, my guess is they want them to be exotically foreign because they, they come in from the airport, yeah, yeah. so you've got to get a foreign actor. I don't know. It depends what they're trying to... Well, they're looking for something a bit more realistic or more grounded. So, I don't know. Like, um, someone who's got kind of a sinister vibe to them. Maybe, like, F. Murray Abraham instead of that. Okay. Or something like that. And just throw on a bit of an accent. And... Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um... Trying to be intimidating, you know? I can't really think... So, the way to improve this Well, I think it was, there were too many characters anyway. I would have fused the Ollie Reed and Klaus Kinski character together. I don't think there's any real purpose for them to be... Two characters. Yeah, it did feel a bit unnecessary to have them both. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Bell, what would you have done? Watch something else? Um, no, I don't yeah. know. I, like I said, I would, I would have made it, would have settled on it being 
a type of film. Like mm. I said, like it was a bit of a hostage film. It was something then some snakes are here. If you're going to go proper full snake attack or go full heist and terror, it didn't really do anything. And it kind of the end was just like. Yeah, shoot a snake in the face that'll do mm. it just wasn't the snake wasn't there frequently enough yeah, but it, needed, it needed more snake or fair, more tension or, or yeah, can we know. say something nice go into the say something nice love the music we, we will do I, I just for, for what I wanted to do um, to say how to improve the film I would have wanted to have seen Toby Hooper's interpretation of the film mm. before he was removed from production but I think at that point he might have just been looking for work like he did just let poltergeist happen Around him, basically. So I don't think he was. I don't think this was the great auteur of yeah, but at, at art point, house horror filmmaker at doing this Texas point, though, Chainsaw Massacre. At this point, though, no, Haggard yeah. hadn't really sort of done that sort of level of thriller horror or anything like that. He had done a lot of uh, plays for the day drama sort of yeah. things from the BBC, and it did feel like if you want workmanlike, what would it have been like if someone who has that sort of film as their their genre, their wheelhouse? How would they have dealt yeah, with Yeah, imagine the imagine if like it was a young Sam Raimi doing this. Yeah, how much tension could he rack up or yeah. how ridiculous could he make it? Either I, or. I know what I want now. I want it die hard with snakes. <laughs> so, snake so the snake takes off someone in every level and eventually it goes with this big boss at the top <laughs> snake versus man you snake versus drunk Ollie Reed does he, have a look? The does he, does he like go into a sock a white sock and it rips yes, out of his head yes, so he's got yes, like yes. a white vest on as well that's what I want the snake in the docks and they're all trying to get to the snake that's I want full B-movie shitness yeah. <laughs> I am motherfucker just really silly really 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 silly yeah that's what I want yeah okay let's go so let's do the next part. Um, say something nice about the film, Michael. Music, Lord. music, music, music. Genuinely loved the soundtrack. Okay, but it's fantastic because it was like it was. It was a last thought, and they just dug out someone who done just do a dramatic soundtrack or something. It's got, <laughs> it doesn't relate to the film in the slightest. You know? Yeah, there's like there's some scenes where they're having conversations. Dun, 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 especially like the opening scene as well, where they're driving through London. It's like well, like I said, it was like it was like a political intrigue. Film <laughs> yeah, or something. yeah. Like, yeah. They've just dusted out a soundtrack from you know, yeah. ages ago. Oh, that'll do. Fuck it. You it was know. like someone's offshoots from like all the president's men and exactly. stuff. It was, like, it was outtakes from other Look, films. We need some music, all right? Has anyone got some music? Okay. <laughs> Unlicensed, ideally. I don't want to pay for anything. Um, <laughs> Done. I think they did a few surprises quite well. The the reveal of Klaus Kinski actually being the the hostage. <laughs> Uh, the, the dead body yeah I, I take the hostage in you realise he got one up on the cop and also when the snake uh, is revealed as being in the drinks cabinet I thought that was well done as well I thought that was um, well not well done but I, it, it surprised me yeah it, you know? it, it genuinely did actually Render some emotion. Like yeah, that. yeah. Because um, I just thought Ollie Reed getting a drink, so I'm just thinking of Ollie Reed drinking. I think they're probably thinking of the whole country. <laughs> Everyone's thinking oh, Ollie Reed having a shit snake. I forgot that was there. Oh my god, that snake has denied Ollie Reed a drink. This is the ultimate showdown. <laughs> you snapped. You fucked me in the wrong way, you bastard. Snake versus Reed. Who will win? <laughs> Almost the start of um, Only Connect. Anyway, um, Oh, yeah, two reads in that, don't you? Mm. Anyway, um, what I would do as. Um, what did what you like? like? Oh, yeah, that was it. I've forgotten the instruction. Um, what I liked. Um, so did the film. It's something we all mentioned I thought was quite good and quite well done um, the shooting of the snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it feel like it'd be really, an point. Like, it was the, finally the, the only violent part of the film. If you're watching it ironically, that's oh, the, the moment shoot. everyone goes, Way! Yeah. <laughs> the shooting in the gut was pretty brutal. 
when he shot him in the gut. Yeah, well, that was true as well. When he that shoots was, the cop, I was like, that's what prettier. the fuck? That yeah. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> but I think, I think the shooting of the stakes head was a bit more like, yeah. what? Yeah. 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 Some blood that, was, that was the best bit. Well, question. Yeah. Okay, so it's time for the, uh, the final segment of this. Hey, you! Don't watch that. Watch this. Lorcan, I'm going to pitch that over to you. Well, involving a, a tight set where there's um, uh, involving animals of some description, this sort of a horror hybrid film, uh, we're going to go with the sort of little cult classic of the early 2000s, Dog Soldiers, where a bunch of SAS men suddenly find themselves in a werewolf movie. Can't yeah. go wrong with that, really, yeah, can mean, you? That, Neil um, Marshall, one of his first uh, big films, I think. Really course, wanted yeah. to say Neil Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that wraps it up for this episode, doesn't it? I believe it, it does. We do. Well, let's link people to our social medias. At, Twitter. Michael, at Michael Bell 86. At Tom Hopkinson with an H. At Lorcan Mullen. L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for Apple N for November. I... What's our Facebook? Instagram. Ah, Moon on a Stick. At Tom Hopkinson. Lorcan Mullen. We're a double act. We do things at night. The Kamikaze Club. <laughs> Birmingham. Gigas. Bookers. You can find us all over the place. You can also find the Boa Podcast on Twitter at Boa Pod. Yep. Uh, anything else we need to plug? SoundCloud, iTunes, give us five star reviews. Uh, Make us money. Kick caboodle. Don't tell us that Mike's the best. I mean, I am the best. Though. <laughs> Easy. Fuck. I, I, I am the best. So, you're not. Yeah. You're not the best. You're the one hey, that doesn't. Out of the, the review, film. I don't watch the films. I just don't give a shit about films. <laughs> <laughs> he's the true hero in this story. He's he's learned the lesson that we have yet to learn. It's actually ah, the twist is we films. thought we thought we were having fun with Michael and teaching him a lesson. He's been teaching us. Oh, and a series one comes nearly to an end. <laughs> we find out the twist. The final third act twist. Before we, this is the uh, penultimate episode. This is uh, of, of, the, of, the, of the series. One. Of we the do series, have one. Yeah. We have one more special. We're going to go, we'll go around up and then. Um, so yeah. But we've got one more, right? But we do have one more. Yeah, we have one more. Uh, I believe Michael Bell, you're running that one, are you not? Certainly am. Uh, and film? it is Pudsy. What is it about? It's about a dog that won Britain's Got Talent. Great. But it's not a documentary. No. Or about Pudsy the Bear. And it's voiced by David Walliams. Until then, though, uh, this has been Best of Worst of British Podcast. I have had with me... Michael Bell. And Lorcan Mullen. We've been making fun of a film that was created with love, care and attention, apparently. It was created. It was created. (laughs) (laughs) It was originally adapted from a novel which took time to write. People actually went out and made their dreams by making a film and starring in it and writing in it. And Someone designed it. a snake to get its head blown off. Yeah. yeah. All these things happened. This week, I got caught doing my box in a box bit, which is where I put a box within another box and do a song about it. Now that I say it out loud, it seems a bit <laughs> ridiculous, doesn't it? shit from they don't know <laughs> <the> about <artists. laughs>